Hi, this is Candice Payne for Biz News, and this special podcast is brought to you by Future Growth Asset Management. And today we're talking to Smithel Rambai, who is the product manager of the Community Property Fund. Now, we've been speaking to Future Growth over the last few weeks, and the overarching message that comes through from all of their investments is that there's a development and upliftment angle, and the Community Property Fund is no different. Smithel, tell us, how does the fund work? So thank you very much, Candice. Um, the, the fund um, is 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 tailored for for pension fund clients. Um, we essentially raise capital from pension funds, and we then acquire properties in in and specifically shopping centres in townships and rural areas. And every month we generate net rental income for our clients, so they get an income yield. Um, and we obviously look at the long-term capital appreciation of the property as a, as a, as a, as an additional return, and we often look at properties where you know there's additional land that you know should we you know have the capacity to expand, we can add additional value for our clients. And why the angle, the township angle? Why particularly are you looking there? So, in terms of the township and rural space, um, you know, Future Growth 20 years ago, when the fund started, identified it as a, a area where it lacked development. Um, we we saw the opportunity and and said, look, you know, all of these people live in the townships and rural areas. You know, they're traveling quite large distances, especially in the rural areas. About, I mean, some of them travel 50 to 80 kilometers to get sure. to a shopping center. So, you know, what what we looked at was, okay, what is the average social grant payout you know your, your pension fund payouts these days about 1,400 rand per month if you have a child it's I think it's about 300 rand per month uh, for social grants so if you take a taxi you know for 80 kilometers you eat a lot of that social grant payout out so by building these shopping centers closer to the communities you're actually increasing the disposable income of, of this community and does it mean that because these developments are, are in townships or rural areas that there's been a performance compromise in terms of what the fund is actually delivering to the investors? No, no, not, not at all. Um, actually, there's a good investment case for it. Um, if you look at um, you know, the, the township and rural space, um, the, a large amount of their spend goes into essentials like um, food and clothing. And, you know, if you look at the economic environment, um, you know, even if we go through a bad economic slump, you have to eat and you have to dress. And, you know, that provides a long-term stable return for the retailer and ourselves as the property owners. And there's obviously related development around the shopping centers that you've um, set up, kind of spin-off industries that start. Does Future Growth have any say over what those are or impact on what they are? Or does the investment pay into your fund at all? So I'll, I'll use an example where in, 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 in KwaZulu-Natal, in Kwamashu, we bought a shopping center which was called Bridge City Shopping Center. We, we obviously don't have the right to, to demand what developments come up around the shopping center, but before we go into the, the investment, we, 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 we discuss you know, matters with the various stakeholders that own the, the land, and we try and identify what kind of services are going to be brought to that area. So Bridge City was interesting. We only the reason the only reason why we bought into the shopping center was that we knew that there was going to be a regional magistrate's court, um, which is great uh, for the area, which great jobs as well, um, and we knew that there's a hospital coming as well, uh, which is actually in the process of being built still. 
Um, the clinic I know is already constructed commencement. Um, so you know there's going to be a clinic, hospital, magistrate's court, there's offices coming. Um, so we look at it from a holistic picture um, to ensure that there's feet. And the, to, just to top it off, there's a, a railway station that stops right underneath the shopping centre, which provides a good transport node for the local community to the Durban CBD area. So Smittle, what would qualify as a development shopping centre? For example, Santon City is not going to be in your portfolio. What are the criteria? Okay, so our, our basic criteria is that we we want to bring services to underserviced areas. So Santon, for example, is already fully serviced and over-serviced, uh, over <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when we, yeah, we will we'll, we'll look at a region where, you know, there's no transport, maybe infrastructure, or, you know, there's no access to social grant payouts or even medical services, because some of our shopping centers have, you know, doctor's rooms and dentists. So, you know, wherever there's an underserviced area, we'll, we'll identify the opportunity. And when I look at your portfolio, I see a glaring hole in the Western Cape. So you're very well represented in uh, Gauteng and the northern province. But but what is it about the Western Cape that has precluded you from having shopping centres there at the moment? Okay, so what you find often in in the township spaces in within the Western Cape, um, you know, um, for example, Guguleto uh, already has a big development there, Guguleto Square. Um, there are other shopping centres in those areas, but the community, you need buy-in from the community, uh, first of all, and, and I think the Western Cape communities have been very resistant to any new developments happening. And also the opportunity to buy land in those township areas are very scarce because they're very densified. Um, so I guess it's, it's, it's you know, a combination of getting, getting land um, and also getting buy-in from the community. But we often, you know, we rely also on the devel a developer to start the process with the community because we, we don't take development risk. Okay. So would you find developers and, and point them in that direction because um, you specifically say that you haven't had buy-in from the community, they, they must at some point see the benefit of having these shopping centres right on their doorsteps. Yeah. So another, sorry, just to add another factor that drives the retail development is the retailer itself. So ShopRite will actually, the, de the developer will speak to all the national retailers like ShopRite, Bip, and Ackermann's and so forth. And they will then see, because ShopRite's done their homework where they want to be. And, you know, if ShopRite says they don't want, if, if the major anchors don't want to go into a certain area, there's no point in doing the development, even if the community wants it, because you, you're still reliant on, on demand from the retailer. So we don't want to disadvantage our investors by building a shopping center in an area and no retailer wants to take up the space. Makes um, perfect sense. I want to talk a little bit around the fund structure. So we were speaking earlier around liquidity in the fund and what you actually do with the um, rental income and how you would accommodate investors coming in or out of the fund. Okay. So the, the fund generates um, net rental income every month and which is quite a substantial amount and we we then re the the, the rental income is always reinvested into the fund but um, let's say there's an investor that wants to exit and for example we're generating maybe 20 or 30 million rand a month and the investor wants to disinvest 60 million rand we can facilitate that payment over a two-month period should this investment be substantially larger we will look to maybe sell a property if at last resort um, but we'll never detriment 
our investors by selling off a building we feel is has a lot of potential. So we always sell a property where we feel maybe that we, we might not be able to add any more value. And the future of the fund, there's, there's a finite number of um, shopping centres that you can own within the borders of South Africa. Um, how close are we to being saturated? Okay, so if you look at metropolitan areas like um, your Santons and um, you know your your cities um, all over the South Africa, I mean there's a, there's a shopping centre basically on every corner. Um, but if you go out to the township and rural areas, those areas are quite dispersed. Um, so there is still opportunities in those rural and 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 township areas, but also to to get a piece of land is difficult. So it is increasingly you'll see you are seeing less and less develop new developments coming up. But I think where the fund has an advantage is it's got existing shopping centres that are quite anchored and well known, and we do have expansion opportunities to grow those shopping centres because those areas have densified over many years. Um, and then the other opportunity is that we've we've seen other property managers not really understanding the township and rural market because you have to be very engaging. Um, you know, you have to actually have meetings with the local chief at a tribal council meeting. And I think a lot of property managers don't understand that. So we're seeing properties being mismanaged because they don't understand the community. So we think we, 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 we can see that there's opportunities to buy some. I've been talking to Smittle from Future Growth Asset Management, who continue to do far-reaching development and upliftment investing in our South African communities.